Thanks for tuning into the Central Church Podcast. We exist to introduce people to Jesus and help them follow Him. To learn more about Central, access tons of content, and find the location nearest you, download our Central Church app. But for now, we hope you enjoy this message, and we're so glad you could join us today. All right, Central family, nice to see you guys today. I want to say a big welcome to each of our locations. Big shout out to Central Summerlin and Central Sunrise Mountain, to Central Southern Highlands and our Central Kingman family, to those watching online, to those joining us in different uh, prison facilities and our partnership with God Behind Bars. We're thrilled to have you guys with us. Thanks for being here this weekend. Hey, and next weekend is going to be a lot of fun. Make sure you are at your location next weekend. We're kicking off a brand new teaching series I'm pretty excited about called Straight Out of the 90s. And uh, we're just going to have a lot of fun looking at the 90s, uh, remembering the 90s. Some of us had to live through that in our lives. But I'm talking about MC Hammer, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, Brick Phones. Anyway, so we're... We're going to unpack it, but really the point is we're just going to have some fun around the 90s, and each week we're going to look at a powerful biblical story and principle uh, and passage that can inspire us and give us hope, so make sure to be here next weekend. Hey, this weekend, I'm thrilled because you're going to get to hear from one of my favorite speakers on the planet, and that is Pastor Herbert Cooper, incredible communicator. One of my dearest friends in ministry for over, oh, we were trying to figure out when we met, but it, it's been well over uh, probably 10 to 12 years now that we've been very dear friends. And uh, I always love it when he can come and share with the Central family. Uh, Pastor Herbert and his wife Tiffany uh, have three amazing kids. They live in uh, Oklahoma. He pastors People's Church, which has locations across uh, the Oklahoma uh, area, Oklahoma City area, as well as uh, Indianapolis. And they continue to branch out and expand. They do incredible incredible ministry and uh, so put your seatbelt on it's gonna be a great experience let's give a huge warm big central welcome for Pastor Herbert Cooper come on central family let's let him know what's up central how you doing today everybody doing good all the locations oh it's so good to be back this is absolutely one of my favorite places to be outside of my own church. I just love the Central family. I love what God is doing here. And it's just pretty special. It is pretty amazing. Can I tell you something, Central? Here's the raw reality. There are churches all around this nation that are praying for a revival. They really are. They're, they're praying for God to pour out his spirit and for people to come to know Christ, to be set free from addictions, for people to go public with their faith and be water baptized, for marriages to be restored. Churches are praying for revival. And the incredible thing about Central is that you're living in a revival. You're, you're really, you're, you're experiencing a revival, a move of God. Listen, don't take for granted seeing people come to, to Christ, seeing thousands of people water baptized, seeing lives put together again that were hurting and broken. This is a special church, and how many know you're led by incredible leaders, Pastor Judd and Lori? Come on, I honor you. Thanks for letting me come back again and share God's word. I'm excited about the message today. My lovely bride from Oklahoma City sends her greetings. She's back home holding down the fort. 
feeding the kids and all of that good stuff. And my wife sends greetings. And just in case you're wondering, yeah, we've been married 21 years, and she is still the barbecue sauce on my ribs. She is still the jelly on my toast. She's still the hot sauce on my chitlins. Who eats chitlins around here? Come on. All right, all right, all right, all right. I, I want to talk to you for the, from this thought for the next few moments. Don't settle for a bowl of soup. Don't settle for a bowl of soup. It was 1997. I had just graduated from college. I was engaged to be married to my wife, Tiffany. She was a freshman in college and decided she was going to take a year off of school so that we could get married and prepare for our marriage. And so I graduated in May. She moved back to Nebraska where her parents live and lived then. And, and she began to work. We're going to save up for our marriage. And my wife at the time, my, my fiance needed a car. She didn't have a car to drive. So we had to save up to be able to get her a car. So she goes and gets a job at Pizza Hut. And as she's waiting tables for the first week or so, she tripped and spilt water in somebody's lap and decided, I don't believe that's my calling. I think I'm going to find something else to do. And so then she went and got a job at the mall at Dillard's. And so now she is selling clothes, working the register, and saving up money. And so I'm traveling as a speaker. I was full-time at that time traveling as a speaker and speaking at different churches and conventions and camps. And I would call every night and check in with Tiffany. How are you doing? And we would talk about our, our wedding coming up in December. We'd talk about the car that we needed to purchase for her. And so we were just talking every night. And then one night when I was traveling on the road and gave her a call and said, hey, how are you doing tonight, Tiffany? She told me she was, she was just elated. She said, my dad bought me a car. I was like, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. What kind of car is it? She said, it's a Buick Riviera. I thought, never heard of one of them before. <laughs> okay, what year is it? You know, 1980-something, a lot of miles on it, but I'm thinking, that's okay. It's free. Your daddy bought it. And then she proceeds to tell me, yeah, he put a down payment on the car. Yeah, yeah it costs, how much did it cost? Thousands of dollars. How much did he put down? Who's paying for it? Yeah, we're going to have to have monthly payments. Holla at you, boy. <laughs> and here my father-in-law bought us a car, put a little money down, and now I've got a car. I have to decide, do I keep this car? Do I tell my father-in-law, no, take the car back? But I decided I wanted to start off in good graces with my, 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 my future father-in-law. So we kept the car, even though I did not want the car. We got married. We moved to Missouri, and it was the summer. And as we moved to Missouri, the car began to act up. It began to break down some. And in the middle of the summer, the air condition went out in the car. It was a hot summer. It was 95 degrees, 100 degrees, lots of humility, humidity, and I was upset. And so I told my new wife, baby, you and your daddy bought that car. You better roll down them windows and stay cool, girl. That's all I can tell you is roll down the windows. I've come a long ways in 21 years, somebody. I'm a whole lot better of a husband now. 
But we settled for a car, and now we got debt, and we got payments. The thing won't even run right. The air condition is out. It was a mistake that we made early in our marriage. And how many know all of us at some point in life, we settle? We settle for something that really is less than ideal. We settle for less than God's best. Some people actually settle with God. They never fully surrender to God. They never really seek God with their whole heart. Some people settle when it comes to their marriage, and they just think my marriage will never get any better. It is what it is, and they just settle. Some people settle in a dating relationship. There's some lady right now that's thinking, God's not making any more good men, so you'll do. Don't do it, honey. <laughs> they settle. Some people settle financially. They just say, you know what? I, we're just upside down financially. Things will never get better. We just might as well get into more and more debt. And they just, they settle. Some people settle when it comes to friendships. And they, 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 they engage in friendships that pull them away from the things of God and pull them away from honoring God with their life. And they just, they, they settle. And I want to talk to you for a few moments about a man in the Bible who settled for less than God's best. The story is found in Genesis chapter number 25, and the story is about a man named Esau. And Esau was the oldest son to Isaac and Rebekah. He actually had a twin brother named Jacob, and as him and his little brother began to grow up, Esau was an outdoorsman. He loved to be outside. He loved to go hunting. He just loved to do all of the nature and the outdoors kind of activities. And so his father ended up favoring him. Jacob was more of a homebody. He liked to be home. I'm sure he liked to play the Nintendo Switch. And he would just, you know, listen to his iPod. And he was just at home cooking and hanging out at the house. And one day, Jacob was home cooking some stew. And Esau had been out hunting all day, and Esau came home from a long day of hunting. And when Esau got home, he was so hungry that he said to his brother, man, let me have some of that soup. And his youngest brother said, listen, if you'll sell me your birthright, I'll give you some soup. And he decided that day to sell his birthright. And you have to understand, Central, that the birthright in those days was very significant. The oldest child who had that birthright, the oldest son, that, 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 that birthright signified that they would get the spiritual blessing from their father. They would get the financial blessing from their father. When, when, when dad died off, that one day he was going to be the leader of the family, the, the birthright was so huge in that time. And that day, Esau sold his birthright for a bowl of soup. He sold his future for a bowl of soup. And all of us can identify with Esau. I have been there in my life where I've sold out for less than God's best. And I want to talk to you for the next few moments of why do we 
sell our birthright why do we settle for soup because i believe this central god has so much he wants to do in your life and through your life i don't want you to settle i don't want you to miss out on all god wants to do in your life come on everybody shout don't settle come on everybody shout don't settle i want to talk to you for a few moments on why we settle and miss out on god's best for our life number one is this central we settle when we're tired. We settle when we're tired. Notice this back in Genesis chapter 25. I want to read some of this story to you. In verse 29, it says, once when Jacob was cooking some stew, Esau came in from the open country famished. He said to Jacob, quick, let me have some of that red stew. I'm famished. That is why he was also called Edom. Jacob replied, first, sell me your birthright. Notice this. Esau says, look, I'm about to die. Esau's been out hunting all day. He's really hungry. He's tired from out and hunting and walking all day. And he allows his hunger, he allows his tired body to cause him to settle for soup. And he actually says these words. He says to his brother, I'm about to die. And I'm thinking to myself, boy, stop it. You had some breakfast this morning. Stop all of that. You're not about to die. You're just hungry. You're just tired. And you're not thinking clearly. And people sell their future for soup when they get tired. You know what happens when all of us get tired and we, we become vulnerable? When we get tired and exhausted, people can take advantage of us. We can find ourselves getting into bad habits and, and, and giving into temptation. And we can find ourselves when we're tired making poor decisions. We, we, we can find ourselves when we get tired. We want to quit. We want to settle. And here's what I know is some of you today are tired. You're sitting today at one of the locations and you're thinking to yourself, I'm tired. I'm tired of my job. I'm tired. I feel like I'm at a dead-end job, and I am just tired. Some of you, at the, towards this end of the school year, this second half of the school year, you find yourself just tired of school. You're tired of studying. You're, you're, you're tired of high school. You're, you're tired of going to college. You're, you're sick and tired of the test. You just find yourself tired. Some of you are tired of being single. You're tired of the dating scene, and you're about to settle because you're tired. So some of you are tired of being married. I wouldn't laugh anymore if I was you. You're tired. You're just I'm tired of being, I'm just tired with just the grind. And it seems like we're always at each other. We're not getting along. And, and I'm tired. Some of you find yourself tired of just being broke. And you're, you're just tired. You just feel like I, we just can't get ahead financially. Some of you are tired of your children. You're thinking, I'm not going to sell my birthright. I'm going to sell these children. You're tired. You're, you're, you're not thinking clearly. You're tired. Some of you are tired of an addiction. You're just tired day in and day out, tired. Some of you are literally physically worn out. You're tired. And man, I've been there before. It was several years ago. At our church, one of our staff members, his life, very close to me, his life imploded. 
It was hurtful. It was hard to watch and to see. And, and then I had a, a friend of mine that betrayed me. And I was going through challenges. And I found myself working so hard and so hard and hours and hours. I couldn't sleep at night. I found myself becoming nauseous and dizzy. And my, my heart pounding and thinking I'm, I'm having a heart attack and ended up in the emergency room twice and it wasn't good. I wasn't thinking clearly. It was the one time in our church history that I contemplated quitting. I felt like a loser. Could I lead this church? Could I lead these people? If somebody calls me, maybe I need to do something different. It was one day sitting at a coffee shop with actually one of your pastors in Oklahoma City. Some of you know Pastor Mike Bodine, and I was sitting at a table at a coffee shop, and I began to pour my heart out and tell him about what I was going through and all the problems. I don't know if I could make it. Look what's happening. And Mike looked at me in that coffee shop, sat across the table, looked at me. And he said, Herbert, you are under spiritual attack. Listen, don't you give up. Don't you quit. Your best days are ahead of you. Tears begin to stream down his face. I begin to cry like a baby. And while I was crying, hope began to rise in my heart that I could make it, that I could lead myself out of this situation that I was in and being tired and weary. I could lead our church forward. Let me tell you, I am so grateful that I did not give up, that I allowed God's people to speak to my heart when I was ready to throw on the towel because I was tired and ready to settle. Let me tell you what you need when you're tired when you're ready to give up when you're not thinking right let me say something when you're not thinking clearly and you're tired don't you counsel your own self you're the worst person to talk to don't get advice from yourself when you're not thinking clearly. The best thing that you can do is get around God's people. That's why coming to Central is so key. Listen, listen, you've got to make a priority to be as Central every single week. And you need God's people when you're tired. you got to be on a serving team when you're tired because God's people can encourage you and speak to your heart. It's so key. It's so foundational. Get in a small group. Listen, you need God's people when you're tired. Let me tell you what else you need. Not only do you need God's people, but when you're tired, you need God's presence. You need God's people. And when you're tired, you need God's presence. And God's presence touched my heart when I was ready to throw in the towel. And the scripture says this about God's presence. In Isaiah chapter 40 and verse 29, it says, He gives power to the weak and to those who have no might. He increases strength. Even the youth shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. I love this out of the New King James Version. It says, but those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not grow weary. They shall walk and not faint. Central, can I tell you, if you're tired today, there's a God in heaven that loves you. There's a God in heaven that's all powerful. There's a God in heaven that wants to give you strength today. If you'll wait on him, if you'll seek him, if you'll look to him today, he wants to mount you up as on wings as eagles. He wants to give you strength today. 
if you're tired and you're weary and you're ready to quit on life, quit on family, quit on career, quit on God, listen, you need God's people and you need God's presence. Don't quit when you're tired. Don't settle for soup. Number two is this. I want you to see a a second reason that we settle, and that is this. We settle for instant gratification, for instant gratification. It says in Genesis chapter 25 and verse number 30, he said to Jacob, quick, come on, at all the locations, those joining us online right now, everybody shout, quick. He said to Jacob, quick, let me have some of that red stew. I'm famished. Esau said, I need the soup now quickly listen listen Jacob I'm not hungry I'm hangry give me some soup now some of you are not understanding that vernacular hangry hangry is when you're hungry and angry at the same time come on who's been there before I will hurt you if you don't feed me I mean he's hungry He's tired, he's famished, it smells good, it's warm, it's available. So he says, give me the soup now. The birthright was something that he had to wait for. He had to wait for his father to die. The, the, the birthright, he had to wait for the future, to, in the future to begin to reap the benefits of the birthright. But he could have the soup now. And Esau settled for instant gratification. He settled for yummy in his tummy. And he missed out on all that God had for his life. And Central, don't miss out on all that God has for your life by settling for instant gratification, by settling for yummy in your tummy. When my wife and I were leading up to getting married, we decided we had to go on a cruise, and really I decided that. I wanted to take my new bride on, on a nice honeymoon, and so now we've got this Buick Riviera that I did not want, and now we're getting ready to get married, and I decided we're going to go on a cruise that I cannot afford. So I pulled out my credit card charged that cruise on the credit card, and we went on a, you know, a, at that time, it was a three-day cruise. It might have been two nights and three days. I think it was longer than that, but it wasn't very long. But we went on a cruise, and we had a great honeymoon together. Got back, and we moved to Missouri, where she was finishing up college. We moved into our apartment, and I felt like a husband that could not provide for my wife because we had no furniture in the apartment. So I had a novel idea. Here's what we're going to do. I'm going to take you. We're going to go buy some furniture, dining room ta table and chairs. I know we don't have any money, but we're going to do it on credit. And so we went to Hank's Fine Furniture Store. <laughs> Bought brand new furniture and dining room table and put it on the credit card. And we didn't have a computer, and so we went to Best Buy and didn't have the money, money to do it, but put it on a credit card. <laughs> and here we are, our house is furnished, got a computer now. And then when that bill came in at the end of January, oh my goodness, I thought to myself, what have I done? 
we should have sat on some boxes. <laughs> and we settled and got ourselves into financial hardship because of instant gratification. You know what I've learned, Central, is don't give up what you want in the future for what you want now. Don't give up what you want most for what you want now. Because if you're not careful, you will find yourself settling now instead of waiting and experiencing God's best for your life. Don't give up what you want most for what you want now. Let me ask you a question. I want you to think about this. If you could fast forward five years from now, if you could fast forward ten years from now, what would your, what would your future self tell you to do right now? Just think about that with me for a few moments. If you could fast forward five years, 10 years, 15 years, 20 years from now, what would your future self tell you to do right now? If you could fast forward, what would your future job tell you to do right now? Would it be work hard? Don't cut corners. Have integrity. Maybe for some of you, it's, it's get the degree. What would your future job tell you? What, what would your future finances tell you? Maybe it's pay now and play later. What, 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 would, what would your future grandchildren tell you? Maybe it's keep the family together. Don't get so busy chasing your career that you neglect your spouse and neglect your children. What, what would your future health tell you? Put down the cupcake. Get on the treadmill and exercise for 30 minutes. Don't trade away God's best for your life for instant gratification. Don't settle for a bowl of soup. Number three is this. There's a third reason that we settle that I want to draw our attention to so that we can overcome this and experience all God has for our life. Number three is this. We settle because we don't see the future blessing. We settle because we don't see the future blessing. You see, Esau settled because he could not see the bright future that God had for his life. Notice in Genesis 25 and verse 32, it says, Look, I'm about to die, Esau said. Notice this central. What good is the birthright to me? He said, what good is this birthright? He could not see the future blessing. He could not see that this birthright was going to give him the spiritual blessing. He was going to become the leader of the family. He could not see all that God had in store for his life. Blessings were right around the corner, and he decided to settle for soup. Here's what I want us to understand. When we cannot see we settle. When we cannot see, we settle. We start thinking, what good is the birthright? We can't see clearly. We, we, we settle. What, what good is living a life of integrity? What, what good is going to church? What good is praying or reading my Bible? I mean, why should I even make the right decisions? What good is making the right decisions? What good is working hard? When we can't see, we settle. And perhaps some of you today, you're settling for less than God has for your life because you can't see. God has a wonderful plan. He has wonderful things in store. It may be rocky right now in your family. 
You may be going through some challenges with your children, your grandchildren. Things may be a little difficult at work, but I want you to understand, listen, God has incredible things for your life. He wants to use your life. He wants, he wants to bless your life. He wants to use you to make an impact. He wants you to use you to be salt and life. But when we can't see, we settle. And I think about Esau. If, if Esau could fast forward five years or, or 10 years or 15 years into the future, I think he would have made a different decision that day. You see, all throughout the Bible, God describes himself as the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. It's really pretty cool when you study both the Old and the New Testament. You just see this phrase over and over again. God would describe himself. He would say, I'm the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. In the Old Testament, you even flip over to the New Testament. God says, I'm the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. You see this? Let me give you an example in Acts chapter 7 and verse 32. It says, I am the God of your fathers. Notice this, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Moses trembled with fear and did not dare to look. I submit to you today, Central, that it was supposed to be the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Esau. But he could not see the future blessing. And he settled for soup. Because when we can't see, we settle. When we're in the midst of the trial and we can't see what God has for our marriage, our, our children, we can't see that, that future spouse God has for us or that, that friendship, or we can't see if we just stick to it and don't give up on getting the degree. We can't see on the other side what God's going to do. We, we can't see. So you know what we do when we can't see? We oftentimes settle for soup and miss out on all that God has for our life central the best way i can make this so visual and clear to you is this don't settle for a bowl of soup because your god has steak i said don't settle for soup when god's got steak i said don't settle for soup when god's got steak he's got steak for your marriage don't you settle for that hoochie mama boy. God's got a good wife for you. Don't settle in the more debt. God has a blessing for you if you will honor him. Don't settle for soup when God has filet mignon. Don't settle for soup. Listen, Central. I think about my life, time and time again, I've come to a crossroads where I almost settled. When I went off to college my freshman year to play football in the state of Arkansas on a football scholarship, it was the first time that I had left my hometown of Wewoka. I know some of you are wondering where Wewoka is located. <laughs> I felt it in the room. Yeah, yeah. Wewoka is near, I'm going to help you, it's near Walika, Watumka, Sasakwa, New Lima, and Bowlegs. I know you know right where it is now. You know right where it is. 
And I went off to play college football. And listen, I almost left my football scholarship and went back home. I was so homesick. I'd never been away from my little small town where everybody knew everybody. And I almost settled for soup. And I'm so grateful that I pushed through and I stayed because God has so much more that I could not see on the other side. I'm, I'm so grateful that when I was a sophomore, a freshman and sophomore in college, I was dating a young lady. I was starting to give her my heart and I was starting to fall in love. And I had a friend of mine that looked at me and said, Coop, what are you doing? And I'm so grateful that I didn't settle for less than God had for my life. I broke up with that girl. A couple of years later, I met the barbecue sauce on my ribs, somebody. I met the gravy on my biscuits. I'm glad I did not settle for less than God's best. I could only see soup, but God had yet steak. Oh, I'm telling you, steak. I was traveling full-time as a speaker and evangelist. I felt like God was calling us to start a church, my wife and I did, at the age of 25 and the age of 23. Never been on staff before the church, never planted a church before, and didn't know anything about the church world besides speaking at churches. I'd never been a youth pastor, a kids pastor, a worship pastor, I just didn't know anything about it. And we had so much fear because we were comfortable in what we were doing in traveling and speaking. I could not see ahead what God would do, but I'm so glad that I did not settle for soup and I followed the voice of the Lord and we started that church over 16 years ago and thousands of lives have been impacted because I didn't settle for soup. Don't settle. At my darkest moment in ministry, when I was ready to give up, I was ready to quit, I was ready to throw in the towel. I felt like a loser. It was not going well. People were leaving. It was not good. I'm so glad when Mike Bodon spoke to my heart that I did not give up. I had no idea on the other side of that, all the blessings, all the lives that would be changed because at the time I could not see, but I did not give up. God had steak when all I could see was soup. I close by reading this last verse to you, 1 Corinthians chapter number 2 and verse number 9. It says, this is what the scripture means when they say, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, and no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. No eye has seen, no ear has heard, and no mind has imagined what God has prepared. And here's the next verse. But it was to us that God revealed these things by his spirit. For his spirit searches out everything and shows us God's deep secrets. And today I believe God's spirit is speaking to some hearts today.
You were ready to give up. You were ready to settle. You were ready to throw in the towel. You were going to give up on your marriage. You were going to give up on God. You were going to go and give up on your own life. And God is speaking to your heart by his spirit. And he's going to reveal and say, listen, there's more for you. I want to do more in your life. I want to do more through your life. Don't settle for soup. Heavenly Father, thanks for your word. Thanks for speaking to us today. I pray over the central family that people would not settle for soup because you have steak. And I pray that by your Holy Spirit, you would touch our hearts, that our spiritual eyes would be open today to see that you have so much more for our lives. I pray for people that don't have a relationship with you today. God, I pray that they would enter a relationship with you. I pray for Christ followers today, God, that they would begin to serve you with all their hearts. They'd begin to honor you. They would not compromise. They would not settle another day. I thank you for what you're doing in our hearts and in our lives today. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. And amen.